0: You can go to democracynow.org and see the Belmarsh Tribunal excerpts of it, uh, looking at the case of Julian Assange, whose final appeal goes um, before uh, London Court on February 20th and 21st. Democracy Now! produced with Renee Fels, Mike Burke, Dina Augusta, Messiah Rhodes, Narmeen Sheikh, Maria Teresena. I'm Amy Goodman with Juan Gonzalez for the first edition of Democracy Now! There's no one-size-fits-all puberty experience. If you're trans, intersex, or non-binary, know that you're not the only one feeling confused. For some intersex people, puberty may start later than age 14. You might experience some of puberty's changes and not others, and your body may or may not go through puberty on its own. There are medicines you can take to help your body start the process, like hormone replacement therapy, Some people decide on hormones or surgeries to help their bodies match up to their gender identity, or how they feel inside about themselves. Your gender identity is real. You should be the one to decide what changes you want to make to your body. If you're transgender or non-binary, you may find that your puberty experiences don't line up with your gender identity, or how you see yourself. That feeling can be uncomfortable, scary, and stressful. If that sounds like you, know that you're not alone. There are medicines you can take to delay puberty for a while. They're called puberty blockers and they work like a stop sign by halting the hormones testosterone and estrogen that cause puberty changes like facial hair growth and periods. Puberty blockers are safe and can give you more time to figure out what feels right for you, your body and your gender identity. You don't have to have all of the answers right now. So remember, it's all a work in progress and it may take time to figure out what feels right to you. But talking to a trusted adult and a nurse or doctor may help. Want to learn more? Go to PlannedParenthood.org slash teens.
1: And you're listening to radio station WUSB in Stony Brook, broadcasting at 90.1 FM and 107.3 FM, as well as over the Internet to the entire world at WUSB.FM. The time is 6 o'clock. The day is Tuesday. That means it's time for Off the Wall. Good evening to everybody. The program is off the wall. Emmanuel Goldstein here with you, joined tonight by Kyle.
2: Hi, right here.
1: Happy New Year.
2: Happy New Year.
1: It's the second day of January 2024, and a brand new year lies ahead of us.
2: It's incredible.
1: Is it? <laughs> yeah, it just, it's, just happens, I
2: guess. But uh, And just like that. Uh-huh, just yeah. like
1: that. Well, just time keeps moving on. Um yeah. Okay. Let's let's do this then. Let's uh, let's let's try it again and see if we can get it right this time. Um, I'm talking about the Mets. I'm talking about. The, well, no, I'm talking about us as a human race, actually. Uh, maybe we can do a better job with the climate and um, with how we treat each other.
2: Yeah. Oh, especially that.
1: What that's, more, like that that's one that's more important than that's the climate is is not hurting our feelings.
2: Well, it should be right after the climate, maybe before, maybe the same time,
1: maybe they go together.
2: Look, I'll take it at any rate.
1: You know, maybe a, a happy climate leads to happy people.
2: It, it doesn't have to be um, mutually exclusive.
1: No, absolutely not, absolutely not. Um, but um, yeah, it's 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 a brand new story. I kind of feel into it. You know, like um, maybe. Uh, Maybe I could do things a little better, more efficient,
2: well, I think I am because it's um it's a marker of time, and you by definition have a whole lot of time for for the till that next milestone uh to have experiences to do good, to have um, uh, uh successes, but there's of course inherent risk in doing anything. I hope we brave all of that and come out with a lot of, um, positive and, and, uh, helpful, helpful stories, mm-hmm. um, despite it all. That's my wish. Yeah.
1: It's going to be a year. That's for sure. Uh, a, a lot of things coming up on us. Uh, it's, um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a little leery of, uh, of, of some of the, um, events that are scheduled for this year. And I think we all know what I'm talking about, but, um, I also think, you know, we can um, kind of reset ourselves and just do a better job of dealing with difficulty and um, using logic and reason and compassion to get through it.
2: Also, yeah, uh, listening, using our listening. Sorry, both, what? Uh, to ourselves listening. Oh, yes, listening, um, yes. But also to one another, even if it's hard, even if it's really, really, really hard to, to hear um, some of those things. Let's, Because um, I think that that's critical you know that instead of there's so much deceit in a lot of discussion and I think being honest with ourselves being honest with our our neighbors and people around us is it's going to be key in in how we characterize what we're seeing and what emerges right
1: right yeah I I I feel that you know this time of year uh, people seem to be a bit gentler you know and and you're able to reach out to those you haven't talked to in a while and it just kind of it kind of if, if you do it on your own terms, it feels better than if you're forced into something that you're not comfortable with
2: i i i, I agree I've felt a little pers- personally like withdrawn a little bit mm-hmm. I, I know there's others in different um, stages of that or not but um this this time of year is very hard for some people who who are seeing all this revelry but not actually um, having it in their lives for one reason or another mm-hmm. and um, that was a great theme I think that a lot of the media struck there was also a lot of um, warnings and discussion of sobriety in both American and Canadian media and, and worldwide Yes, yes. and um, that with the um, sort of emphasis on on well, there's just all the options for ways you can celebrate. I'm talking without alcohol and, and that kind of thing and, and uh, people's overall safety. That, yeah, so that
1: celebrating yourself, celebrating who you are, that unique individual, I think that should, be, that should be the priority for all of us because, you know, you don't need a big uh, a fancy celebration or a, a lot of attention or anything like that. Just be happy with who you are and what, what you've done, what you want to do. You know your experiences because everyone has all kinds of uniqueness to them.
2: Totally, totally, and you don't get um, a, a perspective on it unless you're available for for listening to to others. And wow, yeah, there, there's a lot of dimensions to the things people are feeling, and I, I just hope that um, for those that it's harder for, they, they find some some uh, pathway that and, and some help, some mm-hmm. some uh, support to um come through this and and again you know have a successful year with
1: so much time ahead, yeah, uh three hundred and sixty four days I believe well three sixty three after today no no three sixty four it's a leap year, so there's an extra day, we've got an extra day, so um yeah, let's make the most out of that. Are we on the air that day no why we're never on the air on leap year why why is that huh? Because we'd have fun with, you know, a leap year show.
2: Well, we're not, we're um, weekly, so it's it's a little bit harder. It's There's a, less opportunities. That's a one
1: in seven, Kyle, and we do two radio shows. Okay, Come you on. don't
2: have to bring in That's math. That's
1: two, two in seven. Come on, it's still no, Well, it's math still, is my enemy. Math has always just, been my enemy. All right? It's never right, worked out for me. early in the week. Some people are still just adjusting. I have, I have issues. I have, I have a lot of things, a lot of baggage I need to unpack.
2: Okay, so where where do we start to at least make part of this right? for this hour, for you, for me, for for our listeners, because well, we're, we're ready.
1: I think um, uh, reaching out to our listeners, uh, especially those who might be um, uh, uh, cowering in fear and, and panicking because of the earthquake we had. Oh, you didn't know about this? Because you're not paying attention. That's why you don't know about this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm talking to you, listeners. Those of you who don't know, that there was a 1.7 magnitude earthquake in Queens today. Oh, you don't know about it either, Kyle, huh? Wow. Okay. All right. I guess I have to be the voice of authority here that tells people what's up and that you can get out from under the table or wherever it is you're you're ha- you're hiding from, from uh, the, the Temblor. Temblor? Yeah, that's, that's what you call it. Uh, yes. All right. A 1.7... I'm not kidding. 1.7 magnitude earthquake uh, shook a portion of Queens. A portion of Queens uh, this morning. Uh, it hit in Astoria. Hey, that's where Finland is, right? Wait, did you say Tremor? Maybe Finn was playing music too loud. Maybe that's what happened.
2: Oh, he has. No, a, a
1: tembler. isn't that what you call earthquakes? Tembler with T E M something.
2: Well, you you might have busted out a word I do not know. And, and you're an and
1: earthquake and fan. I
2: lived on a fault. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I, I, wow, that's a great term if it exists. Well, can you ask Alexa you or, or a
1: Chat GPT or somebody that to, to, to confirm that's a word?
2: I know tremor is a aspect of a.
1: You a have a earthquake. you have some kind of an electronic device. So All right, get back up. to the story. I'm All sorry, I, I'm, I'm I reading here, so you look up words that I come up with. Uh, The earthquake hit a story around 5.40 a.m., had a depth of five kilometers, which is about three miles for you imperialists. Uh, The shaking did not lead to any reports of injuries or structural instability. That's according to the New York City mayor's office, because we needed them to tell us that. Um, There were no reports of traffic or utility services being impacted. Uh, The fire department said it received multiple reports Tuesday morning of a building shaking and an explosion. At, at 580 Main Street on Roosevelt Island, why are they giving an address for an earthquake? Huh? Well, maybe that's where the earthquake started at 580 Main Street, Roosevelt Island. All right, that's 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 different. That's unique. Um, the fire department in an email uh, to uh, to Newsday, I guess they sent them an email, said it couldn't determine the cause of the reports from Roosevelt Island. They don't know what's going on over there. Um, and that's it. That's all we have. That's all the news we have about this uh, this 1.7 magnitude earthquake that, that hit. We don't get a whole lot of earthquakes here. Um, Japan, they got, what, a 7.4 uh, or something? It was 7 point something. It was 7 point something.
2: massive. It was and, big. Um, people are still being um, uh, pulled from from this and, and uh, searched for... It is a very tragic scenario and also a, a terrible aircraft accident. Well, hold
1: on. You're jumping ahead oh, here because sorry. I had a whole thing planned here. Can I report?
2: Temblor is a word. Thank it's you. another name for an earthquake. I'd never heard that term before. Well, it's I'm nice to vo- be acknowledged
1: as somebody who, uh, you know, sometimes gets a word right.
2: My vocab is expanding
1: as but we speak. But you know, I don't know what Japan did. This year, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of afraid to uh, to go to sleep tonight because every night that I've gone to sleep, Something horrible has happened in Japan, all right? Um, um, Yeah, uh, on on New Year's Eve, uh, New Year's Eve here, New Year's Day there, uh, they had this this massive earthquake, which uh, killed a bunch of people, but not as many as you would think for seven point, uh, however big a number that was. Uh, I, I believe it's 55 people, which is a lot, but, you know, an earthquake like that could easily be tens of thousands. Uh, And then then last night, (laughs) looking at the TV, um, I see this report of um, uh, a a fully loaded um, commercial airliner crashing into another plane as it's landing, and both planes bursting into flames, and somehow everybody on the commercial airliner, and we're talking close to 400 people, got evacuated safely, everybody. I'm not so fortunate for the plane that uh, got hit by the um, uh, the airliner at full landing speed. Um, so the death toll there is, uh, I believe, five. But still, you know, it's it's horrible. But it could have been so much worse. And that was mixed signals. I believe the aircraft that was on the ground was a Coast Guard air, um, airplane that was actually um uh sending support to victims of the earthquake the day before so you know i'm just a little worried what's going to happen today seems <laughs> every day something in japan so far this year is is happening maybe just uh you know let's give another country a chance for for something uh so, some kind of calamity
2: well they're they're um they're being uh pushed to very very uh crazy breaking points with a lot of these disasters and the responses can make for hasty Logistical enterprises, especially airports that share both commercial and, um, let's say, uh, governmental or um, NGO sort of uh, work. And I mean, this—it's funny. This idea was proposed at an airport um, in Washington to turn um, to to take one of the military airports and use it, expand it for commercial use. But when you have a chaotic environment like that with different Different timetables overlapping and stuff and in darkness, it was a nighttime operations. I mean, you just, you're going to run the risk of these types of accidents and there have been a number of, of these things that basically are uh, commercial activity inner, um, rubbing up against a lot of these, um, recovery efforts and, and emergency response efforts.
1: Well well uh, that's uh, that's it's been an eventful year so far just in that part of the world um and and you know maybe it's um somehow connected to the story that that happened later in the year about uh the 807 collapsed christmas cakes did you hear about this no uh yeah 807 out of a total of 2900 strawberry cakes delivered in the run up to uh, christmas were damaged on arrival uh sparking a uh, national backlash over in japan uh, the company is known as uh, Takashimaya. Um, they uh, they said they had betrayed the expectations of many, and they were taking responsibility. Uh, sounds pretty serious. Uh, the senior managing director uh, Kazuhisa Yokoyama bowed deeply at a news conference in Tokyo to show remorse. Yeah, that's a big deal. I it is it is bowing to show remorse. I can't remember the last time I've, I've done that. Uh,
2: well, I think there's some CEOs uh, that could take a note from, from that playbook uh, in many
1: different realms. Oh, they'd they never stop bowing. They, they're, they're, they would be busy. We are owed so much bowing from oh, those people. and so much bowing. And, and the politicians, it's just, you, you would you would never see them standing upright again. If you only, never would, yeah. Anyway, uh, Takashimaya, that's the company, said on Wednesday the cakes were made and frozen by Wind's Ark, a confectionery firm in the city of Saitama. A separate company, Yamato Transport, handled the delivery. However, an internal investigation has failed to determine why the cakes arrived in various stages of collapse. Um, Now, only 1% of Japan's population are Christians, but many in the country celebrate Christmas by exchanging gifts and sharing festive meals with loved ones. Now, get this. This is where the story turns a little weird. The colors red and white, as in a strawberry cake, represent celebration. Did you know that? The colors red and white. And 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 that's why a strawberry cake works. That's the tradition right there. It gets weirder. Aside from cakes, do you know what the Japanese also have on Christmas Eve? No. Kentucky Fried Chicken. No, they don't. Yeah, they do because it's red and white. The labeling is red. That's all it took. Are you kidding? That is all it took. So, so if you're in Japan and you're wondering why people are eating KFC on Christmas Eve, it's because red and white represents celebration. And, and I don't know if they picked those colors on purpose but <laughs> they're getting a payoff for it. Well, the flag is
2: red and white.
1: Is the flag red and white? Yeah, I guess it is. The, yeah, don't cool. make me look stupid here. I don't the know. Flag, You're stating it like it's a fact. The Japanese I, flag I know, I know it's got a big ball in the middle of it. Correct. I'm just not sure of the colors. Um, yeah, so um, colors matter. You know, if if, they you, want, do. if you want to show uh, uh, um, solidarity for Palestinians, you know what, 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 what food you, uh, you display? Uh, no. Watermelon. Because those are the colors of the Palestinian flag.
2: Okay, black, red, and green.
1: Yeah. Isn't that something? That is <laughs> that is interesting. <laughs> and you wind up offending other people but if you if you have a, a big slice of water. Of course, this time of well, year, it's hard to do that. But uh, look out over the summer. Well,
2: food can be expressive and political, and you just have to...
1: You have to accept it. I'd like more examples of this.
2: Well, it, it is important, and it can be a, a statement. There are places in the world where um, that is how certain movements can um, can find kinship and and community. Like we talked about the restaurant with the different menu items that were various slogans. And it was it was okay. It was it, people got it, and and, and oh, the, the
1: Palestinian restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In in East Village, I I do recommend people check this out because there aren't many Palestinian restaurants around, and they do have a section from the river to the sea, which is not meant to be any, anything at all remotely uh, related to anti-Semitism or or genocide or anything like that. It's a slogan. It's a popular slogan, and um, it's it, better than surf and turf. Uh, it is. It, it certainly is. Um okay you know let's let's focus on uh, and uh, of course I hope everybody in uh, Japan recovers from uh, whatever um um, um traumatic experiences going on whether that be earthquakes plane crashes or collapse cakes uh, I don't know this this uh, this year so far
2: um So wasn't there like a, a stabbing No oh, no that was uh, Korea but there was also an assassination last year there's there's been some harrowing Wait there was stuff. only
1: one assassination last year
2: um in japan i think yeah
1: oh there was yes you're right there was an assassination in japan yeah. which is rare using using a gun it
2: was but yeah was i heard scary. i
1: heard the opposition uh um uh, candidate uh, uh politician was stabbed in, I, in south the, korea
2: yeah it was south korea wow. um but
1: unfortunately that's all the details we have on that
2: that's all new yeah. new events but it's yeah be beware and I, I hope that things are righted.
1: Yeah. Let's, 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 let's turn it local. Let's turn it local. Oh, I'm ready. Yeah. Uh, you know, okay, occasionally, we, we spend a lot of time uh, critiquing, finding fault, criticizing, you know, um, condemning. We, we, we do that. And there's a lot, a lot of material. Not, I don't want to be doing None that. None of us want to. I, re- I sincerely don't. We try to enjoy it when we do it, though, but we don't want to. And it's...
2: Playful. Come on, George
1: Santos, that was a gift from heaven.
2: I don't know about a gift. That's a little that's a little bit much for
1: for people who well very okay, generous. It it was it was funny. But he's he's gone now. He's he's well he's around somewhere, but uh he's he's no longer <laughs> representative.
2: So, so okay, wait. Tell me that this is taking a turn for the better. Yeah. If we're no, talking actually, local. Um things are good because everybody's in a good mood. They're satisfied that we've let go of some things and we're gonna we're going to take this island.
1: Look, we we um, over the Christmas holiday. Um, for some reason, I just decided to start watching masses and um, uh, gatherings because you know it just kind of felt comforting, and it it brought back memories of uh, of childhood and all that. So I watched the mass from St Patrick's, that was really cool, and um, I even watched the the mass from from uh, St Agnes, which is a, a Long Island cathedral in I believe Rockville Center. Uh, and you know, just seeing people get together. Then I started watching this um, 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 this Catholic channel that uh, we get out here. That's a local channel, but it represents a a, a network. And somehow, it just watching that and and, and watching um, uh, the Archbishop of New York, Dolan. Uh, they just seemed human. You know, <laughs> they they had a sense of humor. They were uh, reaching out to people and uh, self-denigrating all that, and it was just there's something about that yeah. that was refreshing. Yeah, you know? it kind of like you know the Pope saying things like you know LGBTQ plus people are welcome and 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 should be respected and all that things that you do not expect from religious leaders. Now I'm not saying they have all the answers. I'm not saying uh, <laughs> this is the way to go or anything like that. But it's good to see some positivity. It's good to see some some. Um, uh, uh, attempt to bridge gaps that have existed for far too long. And um, I don't know, maybe I'm just being naive, but I just was filled with a sense of hope and, and, and promise that things can get better. But that was really solidified by a story that um, um, I, I, I read about a week or so later uh, about this, um, this teacher uh, at a place called uh, Maria Regina Catholic School in uh, Seaford in Nassau County, um who had been fired. And allegedly he was fired for being gay. You know, the kind of thing you would expect from the Catholic Church of, of years past at least. What happened in Rockfield Center outside the, the uh previously mentioned cathedral, St. Agnes, was a rally of hundreds of people in support of this guy. And you know, normally when I see a bunch of um of, of parents Rallying outside some kind of institution it's 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 usually something that I shudder <laughs> about so it's usually you know uh they're trying to get a book banned or they they don't like a particular um uh person or something that just seems reactionary and uh in this case, it was the exact opposite all these people they really really got it, they really understood that um uh This was the wrong decision. Now, this kid, uh, known as Jameson, according to this Newsday story, uh, is struggling to understand why his third-grade teacher, Michael Califano, will not be in his classroom at Maria Regina Catholic School in Seaford when he returns to school on Wednesday. It was last Wednesday. He's not alone. Uh, Califano said he was fired by the Diocese of Rockville Center for not following a Catholic lifestyle and Catholic ethics after pictures from his boyfriend's Facebook page showing the two men kissing was shared by an anonymous whistleblower with the most reverend John Bears, Bishop of the um, Diocese. Um, Jameson, eight years old, said, you made the wrong choice. <laughs> Basically condemning the, um, the, the, the church for doing that uh, or the, uh, the representative of the church for doing that. Um, more than 100 parents, students, and faculty rallied in front of St. Agnes urging the church to reinstate California. Jameson's mother said her family is heartbroken over the decision, which came a week after Pope Francis announced he would allow priests to bless same-sex couples. Uh, it's just not right. It's 2023, almost 2024, and it's a disgrace that we even have to have this conversation right now. He's the best teacher. He's been Jameson's teacher for three months so far, and he's changed my son's life. He's patient with him. Jameson struggles in the classroom, and for the first time he actually wakes up and he loves going to school. Parents stressed that school officials uh, did not want to fire Califano but were overruled by the bishop. For privacy reasons, we do not comment publicly on personnel matters, uh, but we can say that the school did not end Mr. Califano's employment over his sexuality, said Sean Dolan, uh, who is a spokesman for the diocese. And uh, apparently very few people believe that's true. Uh, The crowd Friday chanted for the teacher's return and held signs reading, God loves Mr. Califano and so do we uh, if you if you saw any of the reports on uh, news 12 or newsday tv or even local news if you would have seen a, a bunch of kids chanting love is love i mean this is the kind of thing that they're they're trying to prevent in florida and you see how amazing it is when it actually happens here when people speak out for justice and and basically realize that um uh, people are people and Condemning anyone for their lifestyle is wrong. Now, it's it, it's incredible because um, there are so many comments here I could read. Here's one uh, from uh, Aaron Lohman, uh, an NYPD sergeant from Seaford, who said he plans to pull his six-year-old son Connor from the school if the diocese doesn't reverse its decision. Yeah, a cop saying this. This is, black and, this is a black and white issue for me. He said, this is a hard line in the sand. I've always been an advocate for LGBTQ rights and treating people as people, and I want my kids to hold that as a value as well. Think about this. You know, a cop from Nassau County who's, who has this kid in a religious, religious school, would you believe that you'd be standing in solidarity with somebody like that saying, yeah, you get it. We're on the same side here. I have to say, I would have doubted that in the past. And seeing a story like this gives me hope. Yeah.
2: That's so um really heartwarming and it's the right choice, as that uh student reminded us. Um Jameson. Jameson, in, in contrast to the way this bishop had ruled. And I, I think that the leadership um uh direction, it's one part of a really giant institution, so um statements by the pope have been encouraging but even if they're not enough i mean if you're part of if you grew up around that you'd pro- and identify um with that community you would be saying this this is probably the minimum this is not enough um so much more is deserved
1: but it's something it's something and we really need to uh we need to um, um basically acknowledge that
2: well right and the acknowledgement is um you know hearing this and and really pointing out that it it is the the kind of thing that leaders do the the way um this stuff should be handled and i think that the attitudes of students have changed a lot of people growing up didn't have that experience with their peers and that creates really really difficult situations later on um i think in uh later later schooling and the way um, uh, people develop and uh, are socialized. And it can be incredibly harmful. So creating healthy um, ways of thinking about it in contrast to the ways it was handled in the past, I think, is really crucial in in a lesson. And, of course, for a teacher, what better role do they have than to, um, you know, create and shape learning you know um, and and help people grow mm-hmm. and if you don't cr- if the church has try is taking a step in this direction it wants to uh, uh, embrace people and have positions and and uh, uh, positions of stature for these people um, then we need to kind of follow suit and that, that may be hard for a very large institution like this but public outcry is is critical in helping shape that in places where um they're maybe not getting the message in, internally and um i just think with the church like they, if they have gone in a direction of not creating uh, a place for for queer people we've done years of that and it 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 only suppresses and and creates the circumstances around deviancy and um and and uh, and bad choices mm-hmm. with their own ranks and 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 temptation and stuff. And I think that this is a, p- a point that should really, really be explored deeply because um, this is about truly welcoming all people, and and that's what I'm really heartened by going forward. And that
1: that that message of welcoming all people um, applies to everybody because you know I I know a lot of us aren't religious. Um, but we have to acknowledge that there are religious people out there, and if their religion is a positive one that welcomes people, or is at least trying to change so that it can do that, we need to say yes. That is more, more of what we need for the people who who are religious in this particular uh, manner. Um, and something like this is a good thing. There's nothing wrong with acknowledging that and saying that. And you know that's why I always feel better when when um, uh, uh, any particular religion is open to outsiders or open to criticism or open to change because that tells me that a lot of people will be will be coming with them and changing with them and um it's a healthier society it's it's, it's really a very positive thing a very necessary thing and you know you look at other states that are doing the opposite and, and trying to condemn people who are different and wanting to go back to the way things were, it's just so wrong. Seeing this, seeing people um, uh, basically acknowledging our uniqueness, our differences, uh, and, and, and moving forward and, and being a bit progressive, that is something that um, we all benefit from in, in one way or another, I think.
2: Surely. And and it doesn't happen overnight. So these kinds of stories, it's good that we're sharing it here. I'm I'm happy to um hear what people have to say if you write us OTW at twenty six hundred dot com. If you've had an experience around this or you have a reaction to it. Maybe you were uh you grew up in in the church somehow or you've moved away from it or you um never really had any kind of proximity to it and are, are thinking of this as an outsider, but yeah, if I just think a lot of people in the, who had felt like outsiders maybe maybe just maybe in some part of their hearts breathed a little bit of a, a sigh of relief mm-hmm. if that's truly the, the direction the the congregation actually takes which itself I recognize that's the other part of the light switch like it may, it, or the this not being a light switch it may take a while and uh, like I said this the, hearing these voices talk about the choices of of people who should know better is is pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate the the coverage of it too.
1: Right, and you know none of this in any way uh, is is minimizing the scandals of the Catholic Church. Of course, those those exist. Those are still there. Those have to be dealt with. Well, it doesn't mean you can't acknowledge positive steps that are unrelated to that.
2: I, I yeah, that to me it's just all the more reason why yeah, like their hypocrisy in this is all the more reason why there's much to be atoned for. And some real reconciling about how how these um, how they will um, behave or how they will lead the community and um, and and shape the the way that um, people interact in, in in their eyes instead of condemning things that they themselves were clearly having a, a lot of trouble with. Yeah, and and grappling with,
1: so. and check out the uh, the channel too. Whatever the channel is, I think it's Channel Twenty Nine on Optimum. It's you know it's not what you expect, and that's something that surprised me uh, because I, I was watching these various masses from different places. But I also got a snippet of some of their other programming. There's there's this um, uh, priest on there who is hilarious who does a cooking show. <laughs> I'm not kidding, and it's just it's it's really funny and and kind of reassuring to see people not take themselves so seriously who are religious. Uh, so that's um, you know we could all use a little bit of that I think
2: yeah I think uh, the the people's use of video conferencing being so prevalent maybe has let people feel a little bit more comfortable in um, you know hiccups in production and just actually sharing and mm-hmm. getting it, the message out instead of being polished or 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 whatnot but the, the the production values are pretty incredible, even you know what they're able to do, and and um, yeah, this the sort of self-effacing humor and stuff I think does is very disarming and and um, and help helps people um, get a window into that world if they they hadn't seen that before. What's
1: that TV show we've been watching? Somebody somewhere is that the right name? Yes. And, okay, I always get the, the, the name wrong. Uh, that is a great show. If if, um, if you have an opportunity, I think it's on HBO or, or Max or one of those things, uh, it's basically about uh, people uh, of all kinds of um, uh, gender-bending uh, uh, lifestyles uh, who also are into the church, and they kind of define it themselves. And it's really interesting to see how that works and getting to realize that there are a significant number of people uh, who are religious, but at the same time would not have been welcomed into any religion, say a hundred years ago uh, so it's it's kind of uplifting to see that happening,
2: yeah, I love that story just in letting love exist in its many forms and hearing that that people do exist alongside those communities, and um, they're either understood or or um or they they um, navigate it
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, in the quiet, but it is it is wholly a, a side of our community that we gotta we have to appreciate and hear more about.
1: Yeah, it's not a documentary; it's a, it's a comedy. In fact, uh, Murray Hill, a, a famous uh, comedian, is in that as well, and uh, it's just it's, it's awesome. Uh, somebody, right. somebody somewhere, so yeah, check that out. Okay, uh, more local news uh, of a kind of uplifting nature. Uh, not religious this time though. Uh, dozens of sites could become eligible for recreational cannabis shops in Riverhead if the town board adopts a new zoning recommendation from the municipality's marijuana advisory committee. The committee has pitched allowing the pot dispensaries to be located within 1,000 feet of homes along the town's major commercial arteries. Uh, currently, the zoning requires the shops to be a uh, thousand. Wait, that's the same thing. A thousand feet away from residences. Um, Okay, uh, they also have to be 1,000 feet from schools and libraries, 500 feet from town facilities, playgrounds, and churches, and 2,500 feet away from each other. <laughs> okay, since <laughs> you can't be too close to another dispensary. Uh, the new recommendation doesn't put any limit on how close shops in the commercial areas could be to the homes if the shops meet other zoning restrictions. Um, so the current zoning, the one that exists right now, uh, leaves five sites available for dispensaries. Uh, five sites, and um, the revision uh, would increase that from five to 144, which when you consider how big Riverhead is, we're talking about the town of Riverhead, not the village. Uh, (laughs) Five locations in the entire town is insane. Um, 144, yeah, that seems a little bit more in keeping with sanity. Um, So Marijuana Advisory Committee recently went back to the drawing board to look at zoning after pushback about a lack of available shop sites from the Town's Business Advisory Committee and Marijuana Entrepreneurs who are eyeing property in Riverhead, um, the, um, the state adopted regulations that went into effect in October under which potential recreational marijuana store owners can file an appeal if they feel a municipality has unreasonably impractical zoning or other requirements. And they sure do. They sure do. Um, under the regulations, applicants who feel thwarted by local processes can appeal to the State Office of Cannabis Management the uh, town board adopted this recommendation uh, for, um, uh, or, or that hopefully the town board will be adopting uh, the recommendation for less restrictive uh, zoning. Uh, but those um, those five uh, um, uh, locations uh, are in Waiting River, Calverton, uh, Riverhead Village, Aquabog, and Jamesport. Uh, and that would be it for the entire town of Riverhead. So, that, you know, I, I don't get this. I don't get why you have to be a thousand feet from a house uh, why you have to be 2,500 feet away from each other? Why you have to be uh, a, a certain distance from a school or a church or a dance studio? I, I, you know, I just would like somebody to say, what is your concern about having a dispensary? You know, a place where people are not smoking. By the way, <laughs> it's the one place you can guarantee people aren't smoking because there are people there to make sure that doesn't happen. Uh, what is the concern?
2: Yeah, and I think the proximity to one another is the the biggest one that I think is kind of, I don't know what they're protecting. Maybe there is some real logic behind it, but do you really, I mean, are you better off with these things spread out or if they were in one spot in the middle of town or like, I don't know, adjacent to um, some cultural center, but in a cluster of a couple, a couple places, it would be contained and there would be like competition some of the best places that I've been to recently are in areas where there's a bunch of different places all right around each other and I think that does an incredible um service to people seeking out those products because the prices are just unbeatable like it's incredible what um pressure uh and an avenue of a couple stores that are competing with the same type of product. Well,
1: let's just update people because uh, you might see some stories about a second dispensary on Long Island opening in East Farmingdale. Now, that's great, but, you know, <laughs> that means that both of the dispensaries that have opened on Long Island, is, yeah. you know, according to these mass media reports, there are only two, and they're both in the same place, East Farmingdale. Why is that? that well, that kind of points to the the uh the restrictions and how they're basically making it almost impossible but it's also inaccurate because there are many more than two dispensaries on Long Island if if you count the um uh the the native community uh, specifically uh uh Shinnecock and uh, Puspatuck. now uh, I believe Puspatuck is what you're referring to with um uh, basically inundation of uh, dispensaries at at uh, much lower prices too and no New York state tax and that's out in Mastic and um, uh, Shinnecock uh, recently opened a, 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 a huge building uh, in the uh, Southampton area.
2: Yeah, and they they have a have had a bunch of other sort of drive-up and 24-hour uh, even and smaller sort of like smoke shop style places that, that sold um, for a long time in the run-up to the building of that facility. Mm-hmm. The places in Farmingdale, I've been to one of them. I, I just, I mean, they are state retailers, but some of the prices, like some of the uh, quantities and and um, uh, b- types are hit and miss of flour and things that you might want, and it's incredibly expensive compared to some of the other options that you mentioned, and uh, yeah.
1: And you have to pay cash, too, whereas at the reservations, you don't. You, you can use a credit card, which is interesting,
2: because they're yeah. not subject
1: to the same uh, restrictions. In
2: some cases, yeah, I think... Not really though, I mean, there's uh, a lot of on-site ATMs, and uh, money. It's
1: their choice if they want to accept credit cards, but they can.
2: There are ways, uh, some of the drive-up places, uh, and more smoke shop shop style would would charge out items and uh, could run a credit card, I think, uh, or use, they use some kind of, uh, like, app. Uh, square Pay or something like so there, that. So there
1: are plenty of, of options already, but there there need to be more if there's going to be competition. Like when when we were in Canada, we noticed since it's legal nationwide. In fact, you can even get on an airplane with cannabis. It's not a big deal if you're if you're flying from one part of Canada to another. But the price, because of the competition, has really come down.
2: Yeah, the the state is rolling this out slowly and carefully here, but ultimately the idea is to have a lot of places to distribute large amounts that are grown in state and they they want to promote those businesses to be registered and legal and and um there's a lot of costs and all that that they they cite but it is taking a long time and and there's gluts of of supply that w- was was discussed over the summer and the state board has done um Growers Mark showcases and different other kinds of licenses. So they're, they're trying, but it feels very, very slow. They're for trying. A lot of it's, it's
1: kind of inept, but you know, there's a lot of pushback from, from the more conservative parts of, uh, especially Long Island. All of Nassau County opted out, thanks to, uh, people like Bruce Blakeman. I'm not going to get into that right now. Uh, but, um, in Suffolk County, there's only four towns that are allowing retail pot Sales Babylon, Brookhaven, uh, Southampton, um, and and riverhead i and think we're in brookhaven and there's a single dispensary open in brookhaven
2: not one not at all i mean i've seen they could do they could change comes big change can come fast so they they could just decide hey we're going to trial mail order for these counties specifically here and um and run a site and and do like the the um, Ontario cannabis. Yeah, controlled. but you know,
1: open a damn dispensary and 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 watch, see what happens. See, yeah. see if if it, you know, your fears are realized, because I guarantee you they won't be. Whereas you know, opening a bar, no big deal. You can have a bar next to a bar next to another bar, and for some reason that's okay, uh, even though uh, you know, alcohol makes people do all kinds of horrible things that that marijuana does not. Uh, I don't get it. It's hypocrisy. We need to get past this already. I, I, I figured by this stage we would be, but boy, I, I underestimated uh, obstinance in, in, in this particular issue.
2: Yeah, they got to get these places open so that they can get their cost structure right enough to be selling bulk and really moving weight. Because this, like, prepackaged, tiny quantities, all this, like, running out of stuff, it's just kind of crazy. I they got to get past whatever was grown whatever a year or two ago and get these places open and really yeah, have all the package stuff you want, but you got to move weight too, like and just keep the cost low cuz people got to work, they they don't have time to even pick it up. I I'm just I don't know. I'm I'm kind of Impatient, but I, I know they're going to do better uh, this year. There's a lot of opportunity and, and creative things that. Well, let done. this
1: be the year where we finally come to our senses on, on this issue, because
2: we get out of our own way. If yeah. you
1: look at any other place in in the country where this has been um, uh, resolved, uh, you'll see that um, um, it, it's it's not a detriment to the community at all. In fact, in in, in most cases, it's an attribute to it. So, let's get out of our own way on this one. Uh, okay, so I, we have uh, listener mail. Do we have time for this? Um, okay, we've got um, so we, this one here. Uh, this is from a listener, I believe, out in the Polkados. Okay. Uh, dear Ian K., I have no strong feelings for or against coyotes. Are we talking about coyotes? Yes. What were we saying about it? Were, we, were we in favor or against?
2: Um, we were mostly um, doing sort of um, uh, on-the-horizon Predictions about uh, species that could rewild at some point out here. The animal
1: coyotes. Just to be yeah. clear, we're not talking about the yeah. the human trafficker coyotes.
2: I, I started the conversation with um or, or I had had contributed some some anecdotes about bears in Connecticut, which oh, was unusual. Yeah, bears. We're yeah. talking about bears. The migration or just the general um the extent of that species was was getting into. Urban areas and the, that interface with um, with sprawl is is a real real uh, issue. Well, but we have a deer problem that everybody always wants to talk about.
1: I don't know if you have a deer problem. Well, we have it, a problem with people who have problems with deer. There's
2: a lot of people who like hunting, and there's plenty of other predators that want that should have a fair shake. Yeah,
1: give them the chance. You yeah. know, if, uh, <clears throat> if if bears and coyotes. I remember the conversation. Don't want to hunt the deer, then maybe the humans can. But uh, let's. Let's let's try and calm down a little bit because um, you know, we have interactions with deer all the time, and they're mostly pleasant, right? I mean, you know, there's, there's suspicion on both ends, but uh, we each go about our days, you know.
2: Yeah, and mostly just uh, respect one another's eco, you know, exactly, their yeah. wild space, and we have our wild space, that that's how it goes.
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh Anyway, uh, I have no strong feelings for or against coyotes. I remember the first time I heard them howling at night. Uh, it was autumn 1991. Uh, I was at a party in the woods below a railroad trestle near hometown Pennsylvania. Well, there's a, it's a lot in that sentence right there. A party in the woods below a railroad trestle. Any party below a train trestle is a good party. I'm sorry. It just is. There's just no getting around that because occasionally a train goes over and it's just, you 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 basically, you own where you are at that point and it's just awesome. And hometown Pennsylvania, I remember passing that a few times on the interstate and every time I say, I can't believe there's a place called hometown and that's their, that's their town's name. Uh, yeah, hometown Pennsylvania. Uh, my friends and I were from a mountain town about half an hour away. Don't have any of those here. We don't have any mountain towns, do we?
2: You guys, you all wouldn't know what we a mountain was. We have people who it
1: act like they're from a mountain exploded town.
2: Exploded on you,
1: but they're not actually in a mountain town because we don't have any damn mountains here.
2: You wouldn't even. You have yeah. hills. You have bumps.
1: Well, you don't have to talk down to us, Carl. Yeah, I know you got Mount Rainier out in Washington. Okay, big deal. Oh
2: yeah, that's, well, that's we have bald. That's hill. Not even scratching we, this. We
1: have bald hill where we are transmitting from right now. That is our mountain.
2: It's the only mountain.
1: Well, the, it's the only hill. It's the only
2: mountain for us. It's
1: the only big hill there is, but no, that's I, why we're on top of it.
2: I have the utmost
1: respect. For anyway, you. let's finish this letter. Uh, no one back home believed us about the Coyotes. Uh, a few decades later, they are all over the Poconos. Yeah, that's, that's what happens. And supposedly they're on their way to Long Island. Don't know what's taking them so long. Um, that old clip we played from 1981... Uh, <laughs> Got me thinking about teletype machines. Oh, yeah, that we, we, we played um, a clip of a sketch I was involved in back in 81 uh, that was uh, kind of um, uh, making fun of the Israeli military and how they kind of overreact and uh, bomb everybody in sight. Uh, amazing that that was the case back in 1981. Uh, more specifically, I was thinking about the sound of teletype machines as an indicator of breaking news and how it's something that's lost on younger generations. If you recall, if you play back the show... Uh, you'll hear that part of that sketch was basically we were reporting from a newsroom, and the sound of newsrooms in that day were, was, was a teletype machine. And uh, if you if you listen back at almost any clip from that era, you would hear a teletype machine in the background. It kind of it kind of gave authority to the person speaking because obviously they were in the newsroom, there was news breaking, and um, they were the authoritative voice. Um, Anyway, there's nothing comparable to it today. It's weird how just that sound conveys urgency and even authenticity to people past a certain age. I can't place when the din of teletype machines ceased to be a thing in newsrooms. It's the sort of thing that gets taken for granted until after it's gone. And we're seeing a lot of that in many, many (laughs) forums, but certainly that's one of them. I remember um, uh, 1010 Wins. You give us 22 minutes, we'll give you the world. The news station, one of two news stations in New York City. Their thing, they what well, they always had a teletype machine going in the background, and they they kept playing it long after they disconnected their teletype machine, just because the sound of that, um, uh, basically, um, uh, puts forth uh, authority, like 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 this reader says, and um, it, it it meant something. And I dare say, you know, if you started playing it again, I think it might still work. It might still have that effect.
2: Well, yeah, it became it became a uh, foley sort of sound that it, that. It is used often in movies. A what so kind of sound? A Foley effect or sound effect. To using Hollywood talk. Oh gosh, jargon. Uh, um, yeah. It's it it. There's so many things like that, and I think even the bell ringing for a telephone. That's often sometimes people's ringtone now, but it escapes us as far as indicating an incoming call. That might be. Um, Interchangeable with like uh FaceTime or a Skype ring or something. You know
1: there there was a bell on the teletype machine. If oh there, yeah. If there, and this thing uh, basically to, to set the stage, it basically went I think about a hundred and ten baud, uh, and you have to you have to look up how slow that is. It's pr- it's slow enough where you could read faster than it was typing, uh, and eventually that that increased to um, a faster speed and a different kind of machine, but. Um, what happened was when there was an urgent news uh, bulletin of one sort or another, uh, just like with a typewriter, and typewriters had bells too. You know, when you reach, reach the end of a line, the bell goes off. You're supposed to hit carriage return with your hand and go back to the next line. That's how you knew to do it. Well, the, the teletype machine, and this was a marvel of the time, did that automatically. And you could send a bell uh, over the line to get people's attention in the newsroom. And you hear five bells. That means something just happened, so let's look at the teletype and see what the news bulletin is. That's literally how it worked. And then those 110 baud machines got replaced by um, dot matrix machines that went faster. And eventually, they went so fast that they you couldn't read them as fast as they were they were typing. And then they just got rid of that altogether.
2: Yeah. Then it turned to RSS. Uh, yeah, um, totally the the interesting thing about it is the, the context and movies, those effects I was talking about. That's actually how people get conditioned even if they didn't grow up with it, to understand what it means because mm-hmm. we we retell stories in our culture and it comes back around. People, if they've seen enough media over the years, they then understand that sound I means think, that. I
1: think that's something that we should try to preserve. Just like many people now with their cell phones, they have analog phone ringing as their ringtone. There's a reason why they do that because that, that uh, basically puts forth a message that, hey, this is a telephone call. This is something that deserves a bit of attention, and this sound means that. So maybe we could do the same thing with, with teletype machines, even though there aren't teletype machines. But wouldn't it be cool if there were teletype machines still? I mean, do we have to get the news any faster than how fast we can read it? I don't know. Um, and anyway, finishing with this letter, it's, it's always a pleasure to hear you discuss public transit. Uh, speaking of trains, they say passenger rail service from Scranton to New York will begin in 2028, I'll believe it when I write it. Thank you, T.L. Jordan, for that uh, wonderful letter there. Thank you. Um, and, um, yes, uh, they will be reintroducing uh, uh, train service from Scranton, Pennsylvania to New York. I believe we've seen so much improvement in, in mass transit, in um, um, uh, national train travel, so much more to go. But, again, let's acknowledge the good that has happened so far. Infrastructure bill is really paying off, and I just hope we see more and more of that.
2: Yeah, and wear it out, people. Use it and and uh and share your your thoughts on it and and share with other people that might not understand what what's emerging and what they can take take advantage of
1: yeah or just use local transit use the subway use the buses it's um you know make it better think of ways to uh to improve because that really defines uh, a society when you're able to get from one place to another without having to invest a whole lot uh in um uh, in in your own personal vehicles or anything like that um, hey, I guess that, that means we are out of time, that music playing. Um, boy, that hour went fast. Our first show of 2024. Again, uh, our email address is otw at 2600.com. We'd love to hear from you.
2: Yeah, indeed. And uh, don't be limited. It is 2024, after all.
1: I still can't believe it. This is Emmanuel for Kyle. Have yourselves a good night and welcome in the new year. Bon nuit.